Welcome to Daily Confidence for Entrepreneurs. In this episode, <clears throat> you will discover what looks like a tech problem never is, why big picture thinkers get frustrated with tech, the two big mistakes that coaches make that gets them into tech trouble, and you will watch yours truly get exposed and coached by my friend Anka Herman. Today, we're talking about taming the tech monster. Welcome, Anka. Thanks for having me. I'm Good glad to, to see be here. You. Good to see you. So um, as usual, if you're watching or listening, please make sure you like and subscribe to the show. If you have any questions, put them in a comment uh, on whichever channel uh, that you're watching and we'll get do our best to get back to you. If you have a friend that has uh, tech problems and they have tech issues, tag them in a post or send them the link to this conversation so and share the knowledge with them. And uh, and so uh, that's that. Also, I am sharing the step-by-step -step blueprint to simple retention formula. New lead generation costs six to 10 times more than customer retention. So keeping your customers is a lot more profitable, a lot more likely, and a lot more easier. So if you would like to save six to 10 times in lead generation, you'd like to generate appointments and referrals out of your existing list and out of your customers, out of people that you already have, type the word retention in the comments below and we'll send you the link to download the checklist. Now, I'm going to do the introduction to my friend Anka and we're going to dive into a very interesting conversation about tech. Anka is a business coach, online tech expert and author of Taming the Tech Monster. She started her entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial journey in 2004 when she quit her software developer job in the UK, moved to Spain, and started a sewing business. She soon realized that building a business really is a creative process, the same as sewing a dress or developing software, a magical mix of vision, skill, and soul. She now guides coaches through her tornado process to help them deliver successful online programs with confidence. Welcome, Anka. I'm delighted to be here. How was your day so far? Chilled, relaxed. Yep. Very nice. Where about are you? I'm in Spain. I'm still in Spain. <laughs> I moved Love here in it. 2004. Still here. Love it. And what's the weather like out there right now? Now, that is a funny story because it's usually, usually you can kind of trust that this question will get an answer like, oh, it's sunny and blue sky, but now it's actually cloudy. And my parents are on the way and it's really funny. They're known as the rainmakers. Every time they come, it rains and they're not disappointing this time. So it's cloudy, <laughs> drizzly. Very nice. <laughs> Very nice. Um, it, does it rain a lot in, in Spain? Not at all. Like... <laughs> Barely ever rain. Dry, just eh? only, yeah, only when my parents come. So interesting. So you should bring them over more often. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's good for the farming for the farming industry. For sure. They would yeah. love it. Maybe you should get them to sponsor your parents once a year. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, if you want rain, just get a couple of tickets for my parents, and <laughs> we can yep. hear some rain for you. Now let's dive into it. Anka, what is your story? <laughs> yeah, so my story actually starts back in East Germany. You know, like when the wall was up. 
So that's where I grew up. And, um, and I, I kind of think that it really shaped the way I look at life and business and what I do with my time, because it always felt like, you know, you're sitting in a cage and you can't like, it's sort of too small to, you know, when you put a big parrot in a small cage, it's too small to spread your wings. But at the same time, it's like the bars were far enough apart so you could see what's on the outside. So there was this restlessness that led me to, you know, find a way to get out before the wall came down. That's a story for another day. But bottom line, I got out and it was literally a one-way ticket. When I got out, it was like, okay, you're out. And there was a sense like, well, okay, you're never going to be allowed back. You leave everything behind. So it was literally a one-way ticket. Little did I know that the wall was going to come down like 10 months later. But recognizing that everything else was just like, oh, okay, no big deal, right? So this, so this sense of, I always compare it to that. When, I'm, when there's an opportunity to, obviously I was like, oh, now, now the big world, big bad world is mine. So when the opportunity came to, you know, move to Australia, off I go. Well, you know what? Because all I could think was, this is not a one-way ticket. If I don't like it, I can come back, right? So it was like, it felt like there was nothing at stake compared to what I'd done before. And um, so I was a freshly qualified uh, translator, language teacher. That was my thing. You know, I was a language girl arriving in Sydney thinking, oh my God, multicultural Sydney is going to be heaven for a language girl. And, and basically I took a few weeks to realize that that wasn't quite the case, that it was a very difficult to find a job, that it was probably the worst paid job you could have. So I knew within weeks I wasn't going to last in that industry. So I sent out my resume to anybody who would have it, which is kind of hardly anybody because overseas experience doesn't really count. And I ended up in a software company by accident, right? Somebody knew somebody and I said, oh, you'd be, you know. So I ended up in the software company and there I was thinking, hmm, that was in the mid 90s. So I'm thinking the future, there is something here, right? That's where the future, that's where things are going. So I'm drawn to it, but at the same time, oh boy, this is like totally overwhelming. There's so much stuff. I don't know where to start. I'm too old to even start. I'm a woman. I'm not really that technical, you know? And do I, you know, like it was like, you know, that pull, push, hesitant, and it felt like totally overwhelming. I didn't know how to, where to even, you know, get my feet in there until one day it dawned on me, well, wait programming language language wait it's got vocabulary and it's tiny right? and compared to a natural language and wait it's got structure grammar oh just without all the exceptions so bottom line it's like a real language just simpler ah and that was literally the moment everything changed for me because it didn't mean that i was like a great programmer overnight but what it took away was that sense I had no access to the field. It was like, I know how to learn languages. I can make this mine, right? So, and, and, and I did that, you know, so I basically, and it fairly quickly became apparent that having a background in language and teaching was actually not a hindrance. It was a superpower when you're in software development because you're then the geek who can actually talk to clients. <laughs> so very helpful. And there was also the time that I had no baggage. I came in when this whole, there was a no new programming paradigm. And I'm like, oh, well, that makes sense to me. Whereas older programmers 
were like, oh, Jesus, this whole rethinking was a lot more difficult. So it was like I was in my element, loved it, loved it for many, many years, you know, moved to London with it and, you know, worked on lots of different projects, lots in banking, lots in, you know, I worked on a project on a Sydney casino and always workflow, always process related, always trying to build a tool that make people's work easier and that take out the monotonous, mechanic, repetitive, boring tasks out so mm -hmm. that they can focus on the creative parts and on the essence of what their work's actually all about. Right. Nice. And so that's basically kind of what I do now. Right. Good. So, yeah. Good stuff. So what do you do now and who do you serve? Well, I'm basically doing kind of that, right? <laughs> to help. And the only difference is the people I work with now are mostly coaches. Like there's some, you know, like therapists, they're always passion driven people with a message to share. They might have written a book. They might have develop the methodology that they want to get out into into a bigger audience make more impact and okay i want to have an online program like literally use the online world to get their message out but then when it comes to okay how do i make that happen there is this like uh oh where do i start it's usually a good question you know that's usually where they're stuck so they don't know that field of of the online tech tools that are available and how all that works. They don't know now about that to bring their vision, to, like, to make it happen, right? They get stuck in, and that's the thing. There's like two different ways you can get stuck there, but um, that's basically it. I'm gonna, I guide them through that process from having a lovely idea to actually having a functioning online business. Love it. Let's go over. Uh, and before we go to the next question, tech is a big problem with a lot of people, with actually most people. Most people, even if they're tech savvy, they, they need tech help. Like tech is an essential <laughs> part of business. Like I'm pretty tech savvy myself, but can I do everything on my own? Absolutely not. Even if I tried it, I would fail miserably. So uh, all businesses, not some of them, all businesses need tech help. If they want to grow and scale, if they want to do uh, run a business like a business, not like a hobby, even even if you run a hobby, I mean, you still need tech. So let's talk about some of the maybe top two or three big mistakes that coaches make that gets them into trouble about tech mm. and the rest of it. Yeah, there's really two big two big mistakes. Uh -huh. that people make from like they're basically you know it sort of comes together but you can mess it up from this angle or from that angle so basically people either fall into the category where they overcomplicate tech right and that's usually the in in my experience the way some and that's the thing it's the way something gets created is always the same right you start out with an idea and then you start building it and it isn't a linear process and it isn't you know, you and in software development, and even when you make a dress, right? you know, I had a sewing business when I started, right? So it's like, it's very much the same process. You have an idea and they say, well, okay, let me see whether I'm onto something here. Whether, let me see whether I even have, whether there's even something to that idea. So I need to validate that. And I want to build something that is as, you know, the, the least amount of effort to, to create something that I can put in front of people to get that feedback, whether people will actually buy this thing or not before I go and build out this huge complicated system, right? So most of the time, 
when people have, and that's not necessarily when they're new in business, but when they have an idea for a new offer, there's like, oh, I want to run a workshop. I want to do this program. Oh, landing pages, funnels, this, that, boom, boom, boom. And next thing they know, they overwhelm themselves with all these different tech things. And in the end, it just, they get stuck here. They get overwhelmed there. And it all sort of fizzles out. And that idea never sees the light of the day because they think that they need all this stuff in order to make those first sales, right? In my experience, that's not how it works. Like you want to validate. And while you're validating your idea, meaning you make the first few sales, that's really the cutoff, right? Okay, can you sell this thing? You want to literally keep it as simple as you possibly can. You know, I'm not saying you shouldn't use tech, but don't go and now implement a whole lot of new stuff. Use what you have. And if you don't have anything, well, then, you know, you need somewhere to deliver the thing. You need somehow to collect payment and you need somehow to connect with people who might want to buy it. So on one end, that's your phone call or your Zoom call. Hey, I've got this thing. Send me a bank transfer. Here's a Zoom link or here's a Google Drive. Like you keep that as simple as possible. If you think you need a lot of tech to make those first sales, you're just going to get yourself into a lot of trouble. And that's a lot of people in, are in that space, right? When they kind of try and actually somebody said it recently really, really nicely. It says most people try and build a widget factory because they, before they've ever sold a widget, you know, that is probably mistake number one that, that a lot of people make. So the first one is overcomplicate the tech. Yes. And what's <laughs> now, the, what is the second one? Well, the second one is kind of the flip side of that right? It's basically oversimplifying things because so now if you look at that process, you start out, you have this idea. The first objective is like, let's sell the thing. Let's just see whether this is even a product, whether this is even something, whether we've got something. Now, the next step then is where people trip up and then in the, the other direction. And I've had literally, I've had a client come and she goes, oh, you know, I've got this program and I've run it a few times. People love it. But, and I'm like, oh, why don't you offer more of it? And she goes, oh, just the thought of all what, you know, when somebody signs up and, and then I have to send them this link and then they have to pay and then I have to do this and I have to put them on the spreadsheet. I'm like, what on earth? Are you? Well, yeah, that same extreme simplicity that helps you get the thing off the ground initially isn't what's going to make it possible for you to serve more people. Because now when you have sold a widget, you can't intend to serve bigger numbers of people with that same spreadsheet that was okay when you had a group of five. So when people try and, oh, yeah, well, I'll just keep it simple. And, you know, there's an, there's an Einstein quote that I love, and he says, like, make everything as simple as possible, but not simpler, right? If you try and serve a bit larger group of people with that same spreadsheet and that little dodgy PayPal link that worked initially, you cause yourself so much work, right? And it's a, it's a, it's a lousy experience for your clients, right? Yeah. So you're probably not going to get a lot of great, great testimonials. And it's a lot of, it's time consuming and it's error prone. Like if you have to, you know, every time somebody <laughs> signs up, you have to do a lot of manual stuff. Things get fall through the cracks. Things get wrong. People get the wrong stuff. People can't. And, and it's just a nightmare experience for everyone. And literally that person, she was like, 
I don't even want to offer the thing that people asked her to deliver, right? So that's the other way when you start to oversimplify when you're really ready to build your widget factory. Got it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Like you can't, there was also the saying that says what got you here won't get you there. Right. Absolutely. So like to your point, like if you started with a spreadsheet and you just pulled it off and you, you did what we call an, an MVP or a minimum viable product to prove that this yeah. idea is going to work, you, you're going to need to, uh, I guess, improve that and get better systems and processes in place to make sure that you can keep up with the business and actually have an actual business in place, not an idea Absolutely. on a spreadsheet. <laughs> right. So yeah. we talked about uh, uh, the idea that what looks like a tech problem never is. <laughs> what is that? And what do you mean by that? <laughs> yeah, I know people always get like, what, 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 I get error message. That's a real tech problem. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think there's two parts to that. Like one thing is that what I see most of the time is that when things feel hard and when tech causes trouble, people are skipping steps, right? And people, nobody skips steps on purpose. Usually people skip steps because they don't know the steps are there and what the steps are. So most of the time, like, and tech is usually the air, it's the space where the problem becomes visible, where it starts hurting, where you can really see like this is a mess, right? Now, when so like a website, for example, is a classic example, online courses work as well. So somebody would come like, oh, I'm struggling with my website. It's really awful. I, I don't know, this is the text all too much. So people come in because they feel they have a tech problem around, around their website. Now, I've not ever come across somebody where I go, okay, I come to your website, first thing, what do I see? What do, what do you do? Like, what does it say? Are right? you talking, asking me that question? No, no, no. I'm saying like, that's what the reaction is from people, right? There is yeah. literally what happens, what causes the problem, what causes the overwhelm isn't the tool. What, what causes the problem is that people overwhelm themselves because there's actually four parts to it that they don't see. One is the content. Most of the time, people aren't even clear on that, right? I, I, I put together like a little mini content? course. Yeah, people like, well, this and that, and they talk about themselves, and they're not really quite sure, you know? So when you actually ask them, like, okay, what is it that you do? Who do you do it for? What problem do you solve? Like, snappy, like, don't ramble, yeah. like, give it to yeah. me clear. Yeah. People kind of like freeze up like it's amazing how often 100%. that happens right oh yeah so that's the, like there's the content to worry about then there's the looks of it like okay what's the colors and how do you know what's your sort of what's the look the colors the, the fonts the what do you want this to look like so that's the whole design part of it then there's like okay what tools i don't know where the save button is i don't know how the tool works right and even when somebody knows all these the part that most people struggle with is what are the sequence of, what's the sequence of steps? What do I need to do first? And how do all these pieces fit together? That's the stuff that usually trips up people who actually are tech savvy and know how to use the tool. But they're still like, okay, to put 
this together or like an online program or even a website or something, there's a bunch of steps, there's a lot of pieces and the sequence matters quite often. Like if you yeah. get that wrong, you triple the work you've got, right? So, yeah. so when they get, and then people dive into the detail, that dance between high level overview and direction and all the way down to the nitty gritty detail and not get lost in the jungle and not lose track of where you are. That's the area where most people struggle and that's got nothing to do with tech, right? And the other part of it is the, how do you react? Because what's a tech problem? It's an error. It's something didn't quite go as you thought it would, right? And I work a lot on screen share with people and I've seen panic attacks coming up. You can see it, shoulders go up, tension. You know, people go, oh my God, there's an error message. And you can literally see it. It's like, oh God, this stuff will never work for me. I'm just too stupid for that. And, you know, my whoever who said I was dumb was right after all when I was five. You know, you can really see that whole program running in their minds, right? I'm looking at the same error message and I'm going, oh, that's interesting. Didn't quite expect that. Let's see what that is. For me, it's an invitation to problem solve, right? So where somebody else, it's the confirmation that they're never going to amount to anything. Right. So it depends on where you take that. Even if there isn't an error message, it's still not a tech problem. Love it. Love it. So let's talk about four things for websites. And as a guy who did develop websites for people with our agency years ago, and we did quite a bit of it, there are four things you talk about. One is content. And that's like the bit, almost the biggest problem for web developers is content as the customers either don't have it or they don't know what to do with it. So that's a big problem. And then the looks of it, the colors and what do you want it to look like? Most of the time, people haven't thought about that. The tools that you want on the site. And one thing that is critical you mentioned is the sequence of steps. Like, what do you want people to do on your site? What would, What is that going to look like? Like, yes. we have to sit down and design this. Like, draw it out step by step. Here's the first click. Here's the first video. Then there's going to be an email. Then there's going to be this. Then there's going to be that. That needs to be designed so that you could have it. And then once it's designed, in my experience, it has to be improved and optimized. And it's not a one-time oh, shot, yeah. usually. Like People think like, oh yeah, somebody built me a website, I'm gonna become Bill Gates. Mm. Probably not. Yep, that's exactly what I mean with the tornado thing. Because if you look what a tornado looks like, well, that's what the process looks like. It isn't a straight line, right? And I think that's also something where people get themselves into trouble because you know, you find their, their, their expectations are often kind of manipulated a little bit by marketing messages. Oh, three-click website builder, no experience required, right? So yeah. people sign up for this stuff and then they go, oh, well, I don't know. It doesn't feel as simple as it was made out to be. And then you the conclusion is I must be stupid when it's really like, well, actually, the part they didn't tell you is, you know, there is more to that. You might not need to code, but you still need to know how to structure your website how the bits fit together, you know, what it is that, how do you translate your big picture vision into the actual pages and functionality on your website? And that part is where the heart of the whole matter is and nobody talks about it. So, but that's what I, that's what I mean. And that tornado process is literally that one iteration at a time one experiment yeah. at a time and it isn't like oh i just do the website and then that's it right so is does tornado stand for something is that like an abbreviation no that's just an image so that you get an idea of what the process looks like because it's also right. i used to say for a long time that it's like a spiral 
Yeah. You know, and I, I remember there's a lovely lady called Dr. Amy Simpkins. She used to be a, a rocket scientist and she got bored with that, right? So she started her own thing. She wrote a book about the spiral of innovation, right? Yeah. So now often like, you know, and, and it, software development is a very iterative process and I've got to see how well that works, you know, but I found, well, the spiral doesn't quite express it right because it isn't as nice and steady as the spiral looks like. You know, sometimes... Yeah you'll feel like you're in a tumble dryer and sometimes it feels a bit stagnant and it goes a little left, a little right, but the actual iterative process with a little, with a good dosage of crazy, that's, that's pretty much what it looks like in real life. Love it. Um, so speaking of getting in trouble and uh, I guess getting lost and uh, getting, um, getting stuck into a tornado, why do big picture thinkers get stuck and frustrated with tech and everything around it. <laughs> yeah, I think you've already touched on it, right? It's that um, that level, because say big picture thinkers, you know, and most of my clients were all in that space, right? And I, I mean, I've, I, I've got a lot of that. So we kind of really connect in the, in the excitement and enthusiasm of the and, the and the possibilities of the vision, right? So that's their thing. That's where they live. That's how their brain works. That's how they operate. Now, to actually make that happen, it requires you to operate on that level of detail just underneath. And we're not talking button hex colors. Like this is just that basic structure. You know, what's the, what are the steps? What are the elements? What are, you know, that level of detail? I can see it when a visionary is like, okay, I've just downloaded my idea. We've got it. And now their eyes glaze over. Like when you come to this, like, okay, what you just said before, you know, okay, somebody comes to the website. What do you want to happen next? Which video they should see? That, and it's not technical, but your big picture person goes, oh, I don't. They don't want to go there. Like their mind just thought that that just bores the life out of yeah. them, right? But it needs to be done. And if they try and skip that process and just, oh, I just get a virtual assistant to do it for me. Well, then you're going to, you just miss that big part. And that's the heart of it. That's why they're getting <laughs> themselves into trouble. You know, I, I have similar experience with that. Uh, that is my experience <laughs> with big picture thinking is like, you say something that is like three words and it takes a second to say, it. like, can we build an e-commerce site that sells a million dollars a month? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it just took you a second to say it. But that's about, two years of work <laughs> and there is yeah. a lot of work involved and people are like can we get it to do this we're like yeah and then it takes six months they're like oh i thought it would be easy we're like yeah i thought too but it but it's not <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing like that i actually the funniest thing i've ha ever had in that respect it was a neighbor when where i lived in granada and he came and he says oh I was wondering whether you could do like a real simple project for me, you know? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he goes, well, you know what? I want to, I want to move to Senegal. And I thought, well, to kind of support myself, I want to, I want to sell like, you know, handmade leather masks, you know, and I just want to put, you know, I just need a really simple website and put some picture on it and sell these leather masks. And like, I'm hearing e-commerce leather, that's natural material, customs, payment, international, you know, African countries, who knows what, like, you know, for me, this was like, oh my God, like, you know, basically what you're asking for. And, and on top of it, I don't want to have to deal with the thing. 
Yeah. I just want to be able to send you the photos and then I just get the money, right? I'm like, well, you're actually looking for artificial intelligence and that's not available at your budget, yeah. right? <clears throat> your, <clears throat> your simple idea is a $30 million project. <clears throat> yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> but I think and that's what I... happens when people don't, that's what I often say to my clients. Like, I don't want to turn any, anybody into a programmer because like, if you wanted to be a programmer, you'd be one by now, right? So what, what I want for people is to know enough to be a good client for someone. Like, don't be that client. <laughs> like, don't be the person who asks for like a spaceship project and come then, you know, and then on top of it, come with the budget for, you know, for sure, for yeah. sure. Yeah, people, people. Here's my word of caution. Don't get fooled by some advertising that you see out there. What? One click website e-commerce, seven figure, ready in an hour. Click here to buy now. We're 99.99. Like, dude, <laughs> it's a tad more complicated than that. Like, yeah, don't fool yourself. Some, it, sometimes if it's too good to be, I mean, there's some, some great softwares and automation and stuff out yes. there, but sometimes if it is too good to, to be true, it is probably too good to be true. Like think about it. Yeah, totally. Totally. And I think in my experience, what often happens that people, people who are new in business fall for these right because <clears throat> they kind of come out of the corporate world and they're still sort of a little bit like, shell-shocked by the idea of, oh, everything's uncertain now, you know, and everything that felt like, oh, this is going to be so cruisy, I'm going to be my own boss, and I'm going to have my own time, and blah, 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 you know, and all of a sudden, they realized, oh, Jesus, everything's uncertain, like, nobody, and there's this sense of, like, I'm floating, and somebody throws your lifeline, and say, oh, look, this can be really easy, tech's really easy, and I've seen people sign up for stuff that sounded like this, and I'm like, oh, this is cringeworthy, and people jump at it, because it promises to solve all the problems. But as you say, it's like, it's not, and you're always unpopular when you say, well, look, this is more complex than it sounds, but I think it actually is hopeful because what people find when they sign up for stuff like that and then find, well, Jesus, this is more complex. This is not, this is nothing simple. Then, well, actually, if you know, well, actually, you know, well, there is a lot and you just take it one step at a time. For you know, sure. then, then, then it's, I think, a lot more hopeful and you get to where you want a lot faster than if you try and chase shortcuts left, right, and center. Yeah, we've had that problem. People come up, they, they think this is so simple. But then to fix that issue, we actually laid out the process step by step and how long it takes and what's going to happen. And when they see the process, they're like, they come <laughs> to the reality and be like, oh, yeah, okay, I thought this would be a 30-minute thing. Turns out it's actually 300 hours too for my simple idea. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that's the thing, but that's, that's sort of fair enough when you think about it, you know, and people, you know, I might do that sort of thing in another area of, you know, of expertise. Like if you don't know, you just have no idea what's possible and what's involved in things. 100%. <clears throat> Speaking of that, what are some of the biggest mistakes that coaches make when, when it comes to launching and, or taking their offers and programs online? Um, yeah, I think the biggest thing that I see all the time is, yeah, it's kind of like creating, building before they ever talk to somebody and see that positioning, that kind of, you know, and I, I, I did some mentoring for Thinkific a couple of years ago, you know, where they had one of those promotions where, 
you know, basically I got to work with a whole bunch of course creators. And every single time I asked, my first question was, have you sold the thing? Oh no, I have to build it first, right? And yeah. then they go and they spend ages like recording videos and like, oh, what's the best video recording software? And, you know, they jump into the tech way too early and they go yeah. through all this like, oh, and, you know, do I need a green screen? And like, no, you need somebody to buy the thing, right? You need to be clear that what you, because that's the thing, when, you, when it's your area of expertise, you're usually the worst judge of what somebody else is looking for and prepared to pay for. You think, you, I mean, I've done it for, you know, like you think you know what people need to know, but then people go, well, I don't know, you know, so you spend a lot of time trying to like building something that nobody wants. That's, I think, the biggest mistake I see. For sure, for sure. Yeah, uh, before validating, like you, you mentioned earlier, or before getting a, minimum viable product like before talking to people i've seen this happen a lot like they spend six months to a year to two years creating a program spending tens of thousands of dollars if not hundreds of thousands on creating something without a single customer without even consent or you know uh, anything from anybody then they're neck deep into costs and 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 the rest of it. Now you're like they're like, oh, I need I need I need customers. And like yeah. to your point, the very first point is to find a customer. And exactly validate and gang, please hear this. Validate by collecting payment. That's the only validation first. there is. That's the only validation that is actually valid. Like I've done this, I'm and I'm guilty of that. I've talked to people, they're like, I'm like, what do you think of this idea? They're like, oh, it's amazing, stuff. Like such a great, brilliant. And I'm like, my that's like to my ego. I'm like, yes, I am brilliant. But when I create it and I go out there, I'm like, you want to buy it? They're like, uh, yeah, not right now. I'm busy. Let me talk to my wife. Like without the so to the point of without a payment, you don't have a product. Absolutely, absolutely. I've done it. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 a, and a great book on this gang is um, The Lean Startup. Mm. Amazing book. Read and, uh, and uh, take every bit of information in that book about starting up with a lean process that is validated, that where you have customers and you, um, the guy, I, I forgot his name, but it's a great book, The Lean Startup. Um. Let's um, uh, talk about your gift and um, what you are sharing with people. Yeah, I, I brought a copy of my book, Taming the Tech Monster. So it's really for anybody who, <laughs> and the subtitle, like I've got, hang on, I, I don't know, I've got my virtual background, you probably can't see it. You know, it's Taming the Tech Monster. Here you see little little dragon, because I think he actually says it all it's what feels like a scary monster is really just a friendly little dragon that wants to play. And um, the, the subtitle says, it, how to rise above tech frustration and build your business online with joy and confidence. So it's for anybody who thinks, how on earth does tech and joy and confidence go in the same sentence? Like, <laughs> if you can't imagine how those two fit together, then the book's for you. And there is um, you know, a free PDF copy available. It's a quick read. And there's a little dragon everywhere. 
Love it. So the link is in the descriptions of the show and it'll, it'll be posted as a comment as well. Uh, get there, uh, the download uh, the book, go through it. Anka assures her process on how to tame the tech monster. <laughs> and uh, this is the, the tech. It's like without the proper tech, your business will not grow. Let's just put it that way. Absolutely. You're going to stall. You're going to run into problems. You're going to have headaches. And before you know it, you you know it, you probably get burnt out. So figuring out tech and having proper tech in place is essential to the livelihood of your business and to, to the growth of your business at the end of the day, right? So the link is there. I It, 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 it is a, a long link. It's, it's complicated, so I'm not going to try to spell it out. But click on the comments or the show descriptions and you will see it. Um Let me ask you some personal questions, if that's okay with you. That's fine with me. <laughs> All right. So what is a new thing that you have tried recently? I've started to learn French just for the pure fun of it. Learning and French. As an ex- and as an experiment, actually, you know, as I'm always more interested in the, me- the methodology of language learning than the actual language. So it's pure fun, but um, that's how I started learning Spanish. And I ended up in Spain 18 years ago. So you never know where it takes me. So, I mean, if you know German and Spanish, I think learning French is not going to be that hard. It's there should be some similarities, pretty- right? A lot, yeah, it's a lot, yeah. A lot of words. I, I, and... I, le- I learned a word yesterday that actually is like, oh, why does that sound so familiar? It's like, oh, yeah, it's like the Russian word. <laughs> so I think language learning is like, I'm not really a fan or, or I don't really agree with that old saying, like it gets like, you know, you have to be a kid to be good at learn language learning. I think you need a lot of reference points. The more reference points you have, every language you learn gets easier. So yeah. I'm enjoying my little French. Life. I don't. I don't believe that either. I mean, if you want to learn something, you'll you'll learn it regardless of how old you are. Um, so love it. Do you have like a specific method on learning a language? Oh, that's the whole reason for the experiment. I'm always following like what's going on in the language learning world and how that's shaping because you know we all know like how this stuff was taught at school where you think you spend years and still don't know anything. So there is a They've come a long way in the sense that they kind of found what the missing piece was with this whole immersion thing. You know, you just basically just go to the country. It doesn't really work. But so basically they're saying like how kid children work, the essence is comprehensible input. So you need to expose yourself to a lot of the language, but you need to understand what it is they're trying to say. So you can either be just outside of the vocabulary you're already familiar with, or you can, you know, people can use drawing or dancing or any other way to make it comprehensible, but it needs to be comprehensible and a lot of repetition. So I'm literally, the experiment is to see like no conscious studying, almost like allow, like get out of the way and let your brain do the work. And it seems to be very effective. So we'll see how it goes. Ask me in six months. (laughs) We'll talk about that. Love it, love it, love it. Learning the new language, I think it, it's, 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 what's, what's the word that I'm trying to say? It's like opens up your brain, like to new ideas and learning new things and new words. And you've yeah. got to be pretty, uh, I think it smartens you up as, a little bit as well, if not a lot. Like yeah. opening up new channels in your mind. Um, totally. Love it. What are a couple of books that have had a big impact on business or life for you? 
The first one that comes to mind is Dr. George Pransky's Relationship Handbook. It's really quite, it's really quite the, the game changer because it looks at relationships between people, like not necessarily, obviously that has an impact on your personal relationship. And it also has, you know, it has an impact on your business relationship. It doesn't matter, but it really whacks you around the head quite a bit. Like it really takes no, like it really challenges everything you've, you've known until then. Like, so from that point of view, it's, um, Love it. yeah, that, that was a really powerful, powerful one that keeps coming, keeps coming back for more. So do you have another one, another book uh, that made a good impact on life or business? Jamie Smart's Clarity, he's got, you know, it comes in a big one, a little book of clarity, but it's, it's all about pretty much how we function as human beings. And so you get a sense for how you, how we operate and where, you know, how, why we feel the way we feel and how things work. And that has a massive impact on literally everything we do. Love it. What's one advice that made a big impact in your life or business? <laughs> I think the one thing that just jumps to mind is the advice to be very careful and discerning about who you allow to obligate you with your money, with their money. What was that again? Be careful who you allow to obligate you with their money. What do you mean by that? That means that I shouldn't take on a, like a client just because they want to be served. Right. So it's like to just be, okay, the moment I take your money, I'm kind of, you have sort of rights onto me. So it basically means like you actually, what, what made that the shift it gave me was when I started my sewing business, I really had this, and that's a story for a whole other day, but like, that was my first venture into the business world. And I really had that idea when somebody came to me and said, hey, I want you to make the skirt. It was kind of my obligation or my whole purpose in that business to give them what they'd asked for, right? So now this advice says, well, no, you're not. <laughs> you know, you actually get to choose who you work with. So you make, you make sure you choose the people you can do your best work for and not just any old person where you then go and, you know, they don't get the results, you get frustrated, and it all yeah. goes downhill from there. Absolutely. What do you have to say about that to people that are just starting, they're short on cash, they're struggling to pay their bills, someone shows up, is willing to pay, but it's not exactly the best customer that I'm looking for? What would you uh, say to that person? Well, take it. Like, do it, because the thing is, the... the the, the only way for you to become discerning about who your best customer is, is actually work with a few because the people you think will be your best customer might not be like, you're going to need that experience, yeah. so you, you know, and you know, well, maybe <clears throat> you need to kiss. I mean, you know, kissing a few frogs is probably a good thing because they will teach you more than anybody what you're looking for and who the best fit for you is. So when you're starting out, I think you should take the clients who come. You just don't want to get stuck there. That will, you will know which type of frogs you like to kiss. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> you get to choose your frogs. <laughs> maybe there's the small frogs. You, you, maybe you like it better. You never know. Yep, yep. Big frogs. You never know. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> somebody just tunes in now to what are these two You're talking like the about? Small frogs That's funny. Taste better. <laughs> um, uh, if you had a Google or a Facebook ad where everyone around the globe with access to the web could see your your ad and your message, what would your message be for people of Earth? You want to get to the end of your life exhausted <laughs> with nothing left on the bucket list. Make sure you do, like, make sure anything that you feel drawn to do, you bloody well do it. Make sure you exhaust or do everything on your bucket list. Yeah. Get to it. the end with an empty bucket list. <laughs> on your bucket list. Love it. So you're not like wishing that you would have done this and that, that you're fully satisfied <laughs> and you've done everything yeah. to your power. Yeah. There is a, there's a brilliant book by an Aussie lady called Bonnie Ware. It's called like the top five regrets of the dying. And she was a nurse. Like she literally talked to people who were at the end of their lives. And the top regret that people said to her were like, oh, I, I had all these things I wanted to do. All these things I wish I could have done and never got around to doing. And I was like, oh, no, I was sort of tearing up because it was literally like, that was my grandma. Full on. You know, so she got to, she never got to do all the things. And I'm like, I'm not going to live like that. And, you know, I'm going to just do whatever's in my power to, you know, make sure anybody who doesn't want to go like that. How do you get, to... how do you get someone to change their mindset on that? Like if they're just not enjoying life, they're not doing anything. What do you, is there a way to change their mind or you just let them be? I think it's, it's, it's like just you can't make somebody stop smoking, right? So it's like they need to have an insight that gets them like, wait, what the hell am I doing here, right? And I think all you can do is live your life to the best, you know, how you want to live it, like to make the impact you want to make. And, you know, if you're lucky, somebody sees you and go, wait, you know, that's much better than what I'm doing. But I don't think we can make somebody else see something. For sure. I think you could you could you could maybe show them, talk to them gently and nicely and yeah. show them examples. Yeah, you can Push demonstrate by living. Yeah, right. That's what you can do. Mm. But you cannot force people to. I have a couple of people around me that I'd like to force, but it's just not gonna work. I've tried. Like, dude, you gotta enjoy yeah. your life. They're like, oh mm. mind your own business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the thing. It's like until somebody's ready, they're not gonna hear it. You know, exactly. and, and somebody, you know, but I'm looking for the magic pill to get them ready <laughs> to start mm. enjoying life. Right. You know, yeah, I guess that's maybe another conversation for another day. Um, Anka, this has been an amazing conversation. Is there anything that you would you want to talk about, but that maybe we didn't get a chance to talk about? I think we I mean, it felt really nice and complete. But it, it feels like there's probably some more conversations in here if we ever wanted to. Absolutely. Well, we're always welcome to come back and explore more and talk about tech and how you can help people. Gang, if you're watching or listening, if you have tech problems, um, do reach out to Anka. Uh, you can uh, click on the link um, in the descriptions of the show or in the comments and download her book, Taming a Tech Monster. I'm pretty sure you can find Anka on Facebook and on LinkedIn and other places. Reach out, send a message, have a conversation with her and see what she could do for you. She is, she's got a beautiful heart, 
amazing lady. She will help out. Uh, I've known her for a few years now, and I cannot say enough good things about her. Um, thank, you. thank you for joining us again. As I mentioned in the beginning of the show, if you're interested in my uh, simple retention formula bl blueprint to show you how to save money on lead generation, tap and uh, into your existing list of customers and prospects and extract the most out of it, uh, type the word retention on a comment below and we'll send you the link to download the checklist. Thank you for joining us. Have yourself a great day and we will see you next week. Bye now. Bye.